is. There we go. <laughs> Howdy, hey, Randall K coming to you live from spectacular Spring Hill, magnificent Middle Tennessee. A somewhat undisclosed uh, location. This is not the song I meant to queue up, but we're going to go with it, okay? Because that's what I got going. Anyway, let me uh, sit up here and then maybe adjust the camera a little bit. I'll have the camera adjusted for something else. And Anyway, it is what it is. Well, welcome to this Sunday evening episode of Bible News Radio. Uh, what we're calling, what we are calling Sundays in the scriptures, something like that. Anyway, we're going to be looking at scriptures tonight. And thank you for joining me. But first, a little bit of a housekeeping here. Uh, for those who are watching the video, I'm going to call your attention to the ticker running along the bottom of the screen. And if I just timed that a little quicker, I could have done them in order. But uh, let me see what's going on here in the interwebs. Make sure everything's uh, going out okay on the channels. We're looking good on YouTube. Uh, Facebook is live. And um, and uh, Twitch looks good as well. All right. Kind of miss Periscope. It's uh, We're going to have to find another uh, outlet. I lost big audience when... Periscope uh, died. Moment of silence for Periscope. Okay. Alright. But alright. So, if uh, you want me to give you a shout out as you're viewing, just go ahead and uh, put something, anything in the in the uh, chat box on whatever platform. And I'll be watching for those uh, as I get an opportunity. Uh, so the ticker thing, you can text Bible News concatenated, two words squished together, Bible News to 33222, 23s, 32s, 33222, text that on your mobile device on an SMS message um, containing just the text Bible News to 33222 if you're not already on our text message list and that will get you... Uh, notifications of this program and uh, readings going on daily disciples and and other interesting news uh, things and occasionally uh, there might even be a, a giveaway or something uh, coming up on that and that's your way to keep in touch with updates regarding this program uh, if you want some Bible reading accountability you can te text team unstuck again two words but concatenated together team and stuck to 33222 and what that's going to do is you'll get a, a daily message asking you where you're reading in the bible and you can uh, go ahead um, <laughs> and Stacy Lynn is already on the text message list which is good to know because she's running it and sending out those messages Anyway, um, so the team unstuck to 33222, text that term, that'll get you on the Bible accounting, re uh, Bible reading accountability uh, list where you're asked uh, daily what you're reading the word and you can uh, answer back, hopefully answer back, I'll let you know that uh, we care that you're in the word daily. If you want to take that to another level and then get involved in a specific group where you get to know some other faces 
Oh, yeah, all right. Uh, Stacey reminds me. I'll get to that in a moment. But for the Bible reading accountability, I am running uh, some groups, very small groups right now, groups of two, but open to you men that would like to get involved in a regular um, time of Bible reading accountability and just kind of catch up what's going on in your lives and a uh, chance to share from the Word together. Uh, we do God Time Together groups. Uh, if you're interested in being part of that, go ahead on go ahead and head on over to BibleNewsRadio.com. Uh, uh, click that contact link or feedback. I forget what it's called. I think it's contact. Anyway, there's a feedback form on there anyway uh, that you can put uh, contact uh, info, your email address, and and uh, a message, just say, hey, I'm interested in inter, more interactive, you know, higher level of uh, Bible accounting, Bible reading accountability. Uh, and just let us know and uh, we'll see about getting you set up in a group. Um, other things. So, oh, of course, um, as Stacy Lynn, your host uh, on Fridays and Saturdays, and my beautiful beloved bride, she's reminded me that for uh, Bible memory, and we we're pushing that because it's important, because you never know uh, when you're not going to be have access uh, to the written word of God. Bible memory is important, uh, not only for that reason, but just getting it into our hearts. And Psalm 119, uh, the psalmist writes, um, um, yeah, I was going to say, "Bilbi sefanti imratecha, lamaan lo echetalak," or in English, um, "In my heart, I have treasured up your word, uh, so that I might not sin against you." Uh, it doesn't say that I keep it on a bookshelf, or I keep the book dusted off, or I keep it on the coffee table. Uh, your word in my heart. I've treasured up your word, like a valuable treasure that I might not sin against you. So it's important to do that. It's a Bible memory, a uh, very important thing. And there's a great app uh, called uh, Bible Memory. You can find it on BibleMemory.com. It's, um, there's a free version that gets you um, a good amount of functionality, but there's an ex- you know, extended functionality, extended features. And the pro version, which is only ten dollars, like nine ninety nine, but you can save two dollars. Yes, you can save two dollars on that when you use Bible News as the uh, coupon code. Uh, so when you're downloading the app, uh, either from uh, BibleMemory.com or through the uh, Apple App Store or Google Play, um, be sure to use that uh, code um, Bible News. That'll save you a couple bucks on that. Um, oh yeah, Psalm 119.11, thanks Stace, your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you, indeed. Um, alright, what other thing? So yeah, if, uh, this, this broadcast, Bible News Radio, is, uh, a ministry of the non-profit organization, Heart Tug International, and if you go to BibleNewsRadio.com, and that soon may be, we'll have a site for Heart Tug probably sooner than later. And anyway, uh, whatever you donate through the BibleNewsRadio.com site, uh, through the Give page, 
that's a tax-deductible donation that uh, will pay for equipment we need here and internet and all that kind of stuff and maybe uh, a little bit of uh, uh, publicity and maybe even, you know, um, just whatever it takes to help uh, people to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Yeshua Messiah, um, Jesus the Christ. All right, so looking out here, make sure I'm not missing anything. I see you folks watching on YouTube. Uh, be you know, feel feel free to put something in the chat room to uh, so I can give you a shout out. Um, all right. So we're going to get into Matthew chapter 25. Speaking of those God time together um, sessions, uh, you know, I'm reading the Bible daily as well. I've got a morning session, evening session. And the mornings I've been reading Matthew and... Um, done yet? No, I've got one more chapter yet. I didn't read uh, chapter 28 yet. but um, So a few days ago when I was reading Matthew chapter 25 for the umpteenth time, in my life, uh, there's some things that stood out to me, a couple new things there, because God's word is living and active, and and as you prayerfully read it, new things will, you'll always find something new. Um, right. Uh, so, yeah. So, I don't have slides prepared for you like I normally do. We were, uh, doing some meet and greet with some new neighbors and I got to talking and enjoyed that. Um, so, and I've been, uh, messing with my business website, uh, and, um, trying to get it migrated to a new host and it was giving me some issues anyway. So I don't have prepared slides for you, so we're not going to do that. And you know what? I still have my name up here. That's not necessary. Y'all know who I am. Go away. Um, tonight we'll be talking about, uh, will you be ready when the lights go out? Yes, that, uh, um, based of course on Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 through 13. And I'll just bring that reference up so you can uh, turn in your Bibles or, you know, <laughs> scroll in your Bibles, uh, on your digital device, uh, wherever you read the scriptures from. And uh, let's do that prayerfully, shall we? Our Father who is in heaven, you are holy, 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 righteous, faithful, and true. Uh, we do want your will to be done here on earth, in our lives, as it is in heaven. And so we offer this time to you, to use as you will, uh, as we approach your holy word with reverence, we, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, spirits that are receptive to your spirit, uh, that our lives might be changed as a result of looking into your word. Uh, uh, open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, that we may behold wonderful things from your word. And use it, Lord God, to transform us into the image of your own dear Son, Messiah Yeshua, in whose worthy name I pray. Alright, 
Let's see if I can get the text here queued up for you. Da -da -da -da. There it is. All right. Yeah. Let's do a little smooth operation here. Pulling it up. Matthew 25. I'm going to use the New King James Version this evening um, because it's readily accessible on Bible Hub and is a little more natural language than some of the more literal translations. The, the New King James Version is a is a literal translation. Um, it doesn't use dynamic equivalents or anything like that. I mean, it uses, you know, the words are translated pretty well, and it, it is a word-for-word -word translation versus a thought-by-thought -thought translation, which uh, the NIV and others tend to be. Uh, it's a word-for-word, it's -word, but it's, uh, it's not a very... Um, uh, you know, there are some other translations that I like that are more kind of in the order. The Greek words which aren't very easy to read in English, but it gives you a, a better sense of the underlying language. Anyway, um, a lot of good translations out there, and that's been the topic of uh, other broadcasts. not going to go there. Anyway, so use New King James. And title here, The Parable of the Wise and Foolish Virgins. Of course, it's inserted by man. The words of Yeshua, translated into English here. He said, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. All right. Well, the application is clear in verse 13 he says you know this is this is this is the moral of the story watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour which the son of man is coming son of man being of course a messianic title taken from daniel chapter 7 uh, which is actually in aramaic uh, that section of daniel uh, written in babylon 
and the title applied there to the Messiah who comes on the clouds with glory uh, is Son of Man in English, but the Aramaic term is Bar Enosh, uh, which indeed does mean Son of Man, but it speaks more of man in his frailty, uh, in his humanness. Uh, kind of like we'd say, well, I'm only human. Um, you know, we're, we're limited in our flesh. And, you know, so when we read in, in the, in the, uh, um, come on, there's, <laughs> uh, one of Paul's epistles, or was it in Hebrews? My goodness. You know, I didn't know I have to look now. Um, you think I'd know the address. I know the, I know the, um, Okay. I know the scripture, but, but I couldn't tell you. Where. Yeah, I knew. Pretty sure it was Paul's writings, Romans chapter eight, verse three. Um, for what the law says, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin. Uh, in the flesh. So in the likeness of sinful flesh. He wasn't sinful flesh. But uh, as John says, uh, found in the appearance of a man. Uh, he did have a human body, but it wasn't a human nature in terms of a sinful nature. He did not inherit a sinful nature uh, because he was, although born of a woman, not born of a man. And that's a whole nother thing. Uh, of fascinating study for another time but anyway getting back to our text Matthew chapter 25 uh, the application is clear uh, the, you know the moral of the story uh, watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the son of man is coming which the, the Messiah is coming well he was already there so uh, we're looking at his return, return of some kind. Now, which return is that? Is that uh, the rapture coming for his bride, or is that the second coming coming to um, establish his kingdom? Well, if we look at the framework of a traditional Jewish wedding, which is probably is, and you're thinking, well, you know, why are these virgins going to a wedding, and why ten of them? It's not about it's not about uh, polygamy, okay? You know, traditional Jewish wedding is is uh, is monogamous, um, but what would be the you know the father, the groom would go uh, after sometimes you know the his, his father of the son uh, you know seeking a bride would the son would identify the bride and said I want this woman and we see that in um, in the Old Testament um, uh, and a few places in Genesis that I can think of it's like go get this woman for me uh, whether it be Samson whether it be Shechem or etc um, Actually, and the, and the father would arrange a you know bride price uh, to give to that family uh, for the young woman, 
and then father would return home and then and at some point the son would go to fetch his bride that could be that could be you know a year later that could be a couple years later that could be whatever um you know when things were ready especially um getting things set up where the son lives uh the the bridegrooms the groom's family lives and then he'd go fetch his bride and bring her to his place uh following that is is a wedding uh, a ceremony uh, which is uh, privy to a small group of people, relatively small. Again, we're talking traditional Jewish wedding in ancient days, not not um, typical, you know, uh, Western world uh, kind of wedding. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh. Hi, Mama Jean, over there on YouTube. Yeah, watch there for because you know, don't know the time. We don't, and so, so the um, anyway, so the son, the groom or bridegroom, and old um, English, we shortened it to groom, and he would go fetch his his betrothed, uh, his fiance, if you will, and you. Know, brought her back to his family there'd be a wedding ceremony uh privy to you know close relatives and friends and then after the wedding ceremony there would be the wedding feast which is was attended by a lot more people and um and uh, something that would last you know would be a week-long thing uh we read about in john chapter 2 when Yeshua, Jesus, and his disciples go to the wedding at Cana, it's a wedding feast, there's a master of the feast, and, and it had gone on for some time, because they'd ran out of wine, and then it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just a few hours thing, it was a matter of days, and so, um, and that, miracle there that first miracle recorded the water changed to wine there anyway that was a wedding feast and you get you know you see how well attended that was um so if we follow that model if if you know then coming back to our text here then these would um Either these these virgins, these ten virgins, they're either attending the wedding ceremony, in which case uh, the bride has been fetched, um, and that would be, uh, you know, the um, the church, if you will, bride of Christ, or it is the wedding ceremony that they're going to. And uh, the wedding ceremony would have been complete, and so it's the wedding feast. So they're either the bridegroom's coming either for uh, the the wedding ceremony or the wedding feast. Um, but in any case, uh, it's it's a it's a privilege to attend either. Um, if there attending the wedding ceremony then that's then it's just um 
it's good to be uh, you know, so close to be considered privileged, the privileged few that attend the ceremony. If it is the wedding feast, and this is expanding the, the analogy, then these young women want to go there because it's a, it's a very sociable thing. It's, it's, a, it's also good uh, to be at the wedding because you're seen as friends of the family and, and there will probably be eligible bachelors there and that kind of thing. Uh, but I don't think the analogy goes that far. Um, not talking about Mormonism here, that this is going to be marriage in heaven and spirit babies and other planets. All, no, the Lord was clear that there is neither marriage, people are neither married nor given in marriage uh, in, the, in the kingdom. So the, the kingdom of heaven, is, which this is about, verse 1, uh, it's it's not about marriage and seeking the suitor, so it's it's an analogy. It's not going to meet on all points, but the whether it's the whether by analogy it's the wedding ceremony or the wedding feast, it's still you're still privileged to attend, and we're going to look at some other. Uh, scriptures in which we see a similar dynamic, but so they they know that sometime, just like when the um, the groom has gone out to fetch his bride from wherever, could be the next neighboring town, could be neighboring country, um, that he's he's gone out to fetch her and he'll be back sometime. Uh, so they don't know when, it's not clear, but they know that he's he's on his way. Now, five of them were wise, five were foolish. Um, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So they so they both have lamps. They're, they're prepared for, it might be dark uh, when the bridegroom comes. Um, you know, it could be daylight, could be dark, so they're taking lamps, they're prudent in that sense, but the foolish have, are taking no oil with them. Now, oil, uh, whether we look at Zechariah 4, I'm going to turn there, you can look yourself, and, and other places, and anointing kings with oil, uh, etc., uh, the oil is a type of the Spirit of God um, throughout Scripture, uh, especially in the Old Testament. So it's those who have the Spirit of God, that Holy Spirit of God. Um, some have lamps, but they don't have oil. They all have lamps, but some don't have oil. So they've got shining light, in a sense, but not all of them have a reserve of oil. Anyway, so verse 5, but while the bridegroom was delayed, which not unusual, uh, in the natural for the groom that's gone to fetch his bride, uh, they all slumbered and slept. Notice that they all slumbered and slept. That, that sounds... That sounds uh, redundant here in the English, but in the Greek it's more like they nodded off and they slept like unconscious sleep. Um, 
like um, they were they were weary and weighed down. They all kind of were, you know. You've been you've been somewhere and you've been nodding off, you know. Sometimes even when I'm working at my desk and if I'm reading something, especially reading, will make my eyes tired. Uh, you know, reading documentation or user's guide or something like that, and. And if I'm, you know, if it's late in the afternoon anyway, um, getting kind of warm, I'll, you know, just, I'll still be reading, but then, but then it's like the words get jumbled in my head and start these weird sentences and I'm like, what, 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 what? that doesn't, and, you know, kind of weaving in and out and, and other things get woven in with maybe a car or her on the street and and I'm like, what's going on? I'm I am falling asleep. Oh I am and then pretty soon, you know, I'll feel my head falling and anyway, so that's the idea. They slumbered and slept or they nodded off. They were just they were they were weary and they're Going in and out of of consciousness, you know they're they're not fully awake. They're um, they're numb, kind of dead to things going on because they're just really tired. And and then they actually slept where they were unconscious. So both things going on, and they all slumbered and slept it's not just the foolish who were slumbering sleeping it was the wise as well and so whether we are looking at um um so i'm looking over here on twitch a little something that makes me wonder why many christians followed and believed in harold camping yeah, the sentence in the bible clearly says no man can know the date of time yeah yeah, with the whole worldwide church thing, and uh, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses have done it, and uh, so many other cults have come along saying, "No, we we've got the special, you know, esoteric knowledge. We know uh, the Lord's return. We've done the math, and we've and you take this Greek word and you multiply it by the number of years since the one." <laughs> and no, it's just clear. Nobody knows the day of the hour. But you can figure it. No, no. It's it's yeah. People want to be ready. They want to see. It's so much easier to be um, to feel like we're in control. Basically, we um, want to be in control. To say that we don't know the day or the hour that means that God is in control and we're subject to His timetable. Um, but to feel like we've got some saying or we've figured it out, then it's it's a it comes down to a self righteous and self control kind of thing. And I have special knowledge, um, but yeah, that's not um, definitely not. Um, so they all slumbered and slept. So even those that had the oil, they weren't. You know, alert all the time. They they got they got tired. They started not not off. They started, okay, you know, the bridegroom delays is coming, and they got a little too comfortable. And well, I'm just gonna snuggle up over here and just kind of prop myself up against the wall and and wait until 
and they were all nodding off. And from a spiritual extension, you know, application, I see that as a danger, believers and non-believers, of of getting too complacent and comfortable to where uh, we become numb to spiritual things. or a little indifferent to... Uh, to where we're not as alert as we ought to be to what God is doing, what's going on, and get too comfortable as uh, an inhabitant of this world instead of a citizen of the kingdom to come. A little bit of of an admonition and warning there. They all slumbered and slept. Uh, we We need to be alert at all times. And I want to talk about, uh, you know, them both having lamps, you know. Uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Our people in, uh, you know, just like the wheat and the tares and several other parables in, in the scriptures. And, you know, of course, Jude talks about those who crept in unnoticed. Uh, there are folks that may look like... Uh, believers that uh, they may keep company with believers and as John writes in his epistle they went out from us because they were not of us but they went out from us they were numbered among uh, the congregation but they didn't belong there so they can have lamps and even lamps that uh, give light you know that show good works if you will but not fueled by the spirit of God uh, fueled by um, really um, just limited uh, human means of wanting to look good uh, and appear uh, good to others. Um, anyway, they all slumbered and slept, and at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. So this is their opportunity to um, so they're wherever they're at uh, indoors. So they need to go out because they're either going to the wedding ceremony or the wedding feast. And so then all those virgins rode and trimmed their lamps. So obviously they kept their lamps burning uh, while they were hanging out because it's getting dark. And but then they slept, and so. And the foolish said, the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. Um, you know, there's going to come a time when uh, just uh, lip service, uh, saying the right things, and even doing some good works and hanging with the right people in the right places are only going to go so far. When it comes to actually appearing before the bridegroom, when it comes to appearing before Messiah, when he comes and he says, you know, he's coming, go out to meet him. When it comes to meet him face to face, uh, that isn't going to fly. Uh, what we've, uh, what some have done in the flesh, ultimately, uh, the good works that have come out of their own motivation and for their own purposes, aren't going to be enough. They're not going to, that doesn't get them entry into the kingdom. It's, it's only, 
of what Messiah has done. It's the spirit of that God has given. It's by spiritual rebirth that gets one into the kingdom. And in this case, you know, uh, out there to meet the bridegroom. So the fool has said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. Um, but the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but rather go, but rather, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Um, this is, you know, something, um, a relationship with the Lord, a, a spiritual rebirth is not something that can be passed on in the sense of just, um, by proxy or not in inheriting you can't inherit a relationship with god because your parents were believers you're going to be or even growing up in a culture of christianity like is very common here in tennessee there's a cultural christianity there's a lot of churchgoers um and a and morality a certain morality that is pervasive and is Christian by heritage, um, but that doesn't make each person right with God. They may say the right things and do a lot of the right things, moral things, things that would be considered Christian, um, but without being born again, without... Um, being born of the Spirit, which comes by repentance, uh, recognizing that one, uh, no matter how much good they do, it's not good enough uh, to measure up to God's holiness, recognizing that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that, as Isaiah says, uh, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Uh, by comparison to God's holiness, the best that we can offer, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Uh, we can't measure up. There's none who does good. No, not one. We all fall short. You know, all we, all we like sheep have gone astray. Recognizing that and realizing that the wages of sin uh, is death and that uh, we stand condemned uh, before God's holiness and his righteousness and his sovereignty, we stand condemned, recognizing that, uh, that we're hopeless unless um, he grants us mercy and grace. And to recognize that, repent of that, to say, I'm not going to follow that way, and to receive the free gift of life that's offered in Christ, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. It's not something that is uh, passed to us across the table or over the counter. It's not something we earn or uh, it, it's in it's in Christ Jesus. It's in, it's in Messiah Yeshua. That's He embodies eternal life. And having him, having a relationship with him, uh, gives us eternal life. He who is the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. John writes in his first epistle. Um, 
it's it's a personal thing. It's not something that can be passed on through heritage, or um, you can't borrow it from someone else. Uh, you've got to have it for yourself. So the fool said, "Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out." It's 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 not something uh, a relationship. Uh, with God, with, you know, indwelling of the Holy Spirit is not something that is for sale or for lending. Uh, it's something you have to get for yourselves. Um, and while I went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready, those who were ready, even though all slumbered and slept, they had the oil. Uh, they had that oil they had the holy spirit through that spiritual rebirth uh, those who are ready went in with him to the wedding when when the call went out the cry was heard behold the bridegroom is coming um, they woke out of their sleep they they sobered up quickly but only those who had the oil were ready uh, they went with him, with him to the wedding. So I'm guessing, I'm thinking just by uh, nature of analogy, is, is the wedding ceremony, which is even a more prized thing to do, uh, to be a part of. And the door was shut. And afterward, the other versions came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. And this this um, this prospect of I do not know you. I mean, God is sovereign. He knows the hairs on our head, the number of our days. He knows our thoughts from afar off. Psalm one thirty nine. Behold, behold, before there was a word on my tongue, you know it all together. He knows our days. Uh, etc. Before there were one of them, he knew all of them. He's he's omniscient, so it's not like oh, I have no idea who you are. But it's no in the sense of in the biblical sense of no, and uh, the Hebrew the word uh, yada, which is an intimate like um, Adam knew his wife and she conceived. Uh, that kind of no. It's an intimate relationship sort of no. I think of uh, Matthew chapter 22 uh, where Yeshua Jesus gives the parable of the wedding feast. Um, and uh, at the wedding feast, I'm going to pick it up, uh, Matthew chapter 22 um pick it up in verse 11 and I will take off this scripture reference I should be confused um, Matthew chapter 22 but when the king came in to see the guests he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment so I said to him friend how did you come in here without a wedding garment and he was speechless then the king said to the servants bind him hand and foot take him away and cast him into the outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, let's look at another one here. Um, similar dynamic uh, in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, 
Um, picking up at verse 21. Not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So, we're not talking people who just rebellious, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know, uh, in the mafia, or, you know, in a gang, whatever. Um, you know, just clueless and irreverent to the things of God. But here, that day, that we don't know the time or the hour, the Lord says, many, not a handful, not a few dozen, but many will say unto them, be that day, Lord, Lord. They'll, they'll call him Lord. Not, you know, Jesus effing this or whatever. Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils. I don't know how many of you have cast out demons. Uh, but apparently it's possible for people to cast out demons, um, God will honor his name, um, but not to know him. Uh, and in thy name done many wonderful works, sometimes as you say miracles. Uh, they've done things that bring glory to God. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Well, isn't it good to cast out devils, demons? Isn't it good to do wonderful works that, um, you know, bring glory to God? Is, aren't those good things? Are, why, are those, why is that iniquity? Why is that lawlessness? Well, it's lawlessness because it's, it's insincere. It's, it's done on behalf of those. It's saying Jesus is Lord, but not making him their Lord, not being in a relationship with him, uh, not being born again, not being born of the Spirit, not having that reserve of oil, uh, just a shining light, no doubt, but done in their own power, of their own motives, and for their, you know, their own purposes. Um, just like Yeshua, Jesus talks about, do not be like the Pharisees. You know, who like to pray in the street corners, you know, um, you know, to be heard, and uh, you know, who make a big show of their giving. His verily, I say to you, they have their reward. They were doing good things, giving to the temple treasury, praying, etc. But it was to be seen of men, uh, to be seen as someone righteous. And so, this these passages tell me that. There are many who are part of a, a congregation, part of a fellowship, that are doing some good works, that are doing some things, 
um, their lamps are shining in the darkness, uh, but it's it's done to be seen of men, to be in with the the religious crowd, to be pillars of the community, whatever it is. They don't actually have a relationship with the bridegroom, with the master. With their lips, they say, Lord, Lord. Uh, and he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do the things that I say? Um, uh, because they're not his servants. They've not bowed the knee to him. They've not surrendered to them, to him. Uh, they've not um, crucified their flesh and surrendered themselves uh, to the master. Uh, want to look at another one. Um, similar dynamic here. Luke chapter 13. Let's pick this up in verse 22. And he said to them, or and he went through the cities and villages, there we go, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. And the idea of narrow there in the Greek language is, is um, stenos. We, we um, get our word stenography. It's narrow. It's constricting. You can't go through it carrying all your worldly goods through it they won't fit uh it's 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 narrow it's it's trying it's it you got to come through it basically stripped of of yourself uh to come through it's something that's it's difficult to get through it's it's it's, it's straining it's narrow in that way it, it'll strip away what the excess stuff uh, you, you think of a colander or something like that, or you know something where you're straining vegetables. It's very little can pass through, and what you don't, you know, um, what you don't want uh, gets stripped away. Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, again, many. This is sobering. Many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Because it's not something we can do. It's not something we can do in our flesh. There's none who does good. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. We can't be good enough. But many will seek to enter and not be able because we are just not able. It's not something to be humanly done. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door as saying, Lord, Lord. Open for us, and he will answer and say to you, I do not know you, where you are from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you, where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Yaakov and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. They will come from east and west and from north and south and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there will are those who will be first and there are those 
who will be last. Of course, you know, he was speaking to Jewish people there. Um, and, you know, a lot of them, them were thinking, you know, just by heritage, because of our genealogy, you know, we're good with God. We have a part in the world to come uh, because we're Jews. We have the temple here. And the temple here, of course, is proof that God is with us. Uh, that wasn't true with Solomon's temple. Go back to Jeremiah before that temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. And um, uh, there was a sense of confidence. Well, because the temple is here, we're good with God. And God says through Jeremiah, you know, do not say to yourselves, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord of these. Don't put your confidence in these outward things, thinking that, you know, this is proof of your relationship with me. It, it's not. Uh, it's an inward relationship. It's something personal. Oh, you know, we ate and drank in your presence. You taught in our streets. And, um. Uh, He's going to say, there'll be weeping gnashing of teeth. You'll see, you'll see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the ones, you know, you're calling the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets, you'll see them, but you yourselves thrust out. It's like, wait a second, there are forefathers, but uh, he says they will come from the east and the west, uh, you know, not here in Jerusalem, and from the north and the south, they're going to be the, the Gentiles that are going to come around from all other places of the world. And sit down in the kingdom of God, and you'll find yourselves thrust out. Um, so again, you know, heritage and outward trappings are not something that are going to, you know, those those don't get you a a seat in the kingdom to come, the world to come. Uh, there's only one way of admission, and that's to have oil in your lamps. That is to be born of the Spirit, to be born from above. And that is by uh, repentance and believing in the free gift of God that uh, is eternal life in Messiah Yeshua, in Christ Jesus, uh, to have a relationship with him. So he said, I never knew you. Um, that it's got to be a personal relationship. And then again, getting back to our text, um, there is the, you know, they all slumbered and slept. Um, be careful. Um, you know, we, those of you who have been born from above, that you've been born of the Spirit, uh, that you have a relationship with Messiah, He's your Master, He really is your Lord, and you are his servant. Uh, just because he delays his coming, don't get complacent and start nodding off. Uh, you and I need to be soul winners and disciple makers. Uh, this is the time to be busy, not be slumbering and sleeping. Uh, but he says they all slumbered and slept. And as you read the letters to the churches in uh, Revelation, and you can see that dynamic in several ways where uh, even though those who are born of the Spirit, uh, still the Spirit is willing with the flesh is weak, Yeshua said, as those disciples in the garden that couldn't stay awake for one hour uh, with him as he prayed to pray with him. 
Um, could you not stay awake one hour? We don't want to be those. We ought to be. This is the time to be diligent and so much more as we see that day approaching uh, his return. Uh, that he's going to call us to be with him, either his bride or however your eschatology works out. Um, he's going he's gonna to call his bride to himself. He's going to call those who are supposed to be in the wedding there, and they better have a wedding garment and they better have oil with them. Otherwise, they're, you know, they're trespassers. And there will be, they'll be thrown into the outer darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, uh, it's something you got to buy for yourselves. That oil is something, a relationship that you need to have. Examine yourself. Uh, just because you were part of a fellowship, maybe you're even a member of a church, uh, doesn't mean that uh, you were born of the Spirit. Uh, you might enjoy the, the worship time, you might enjoy the singing, the prayer, but examine yourself, as Paul writes to the Corinthians in chapter 11, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, uh, you know, that you're that you're taking communion in a worthy manner. Uh, make sure that um, your conscience is clean and your uh, and your record is clean with the Lord. That uh, you're taking up your cross daily and following Him. You know, Revelation talks a lot about uh, He who overcomes. He who overcomes. He overcomes. This waits. Um, and I think, you know, those who don't overcome, for whatever reason they don't overcome, you know, the same reward doesn't wait them. Whether they just got tired of waiting or, um, you know, um, Yeshua in other parables talks about, you know, the servants who is doing about, who's about doing the master's work when he comes. For those who says, oh, my Lord delays his coming, they begin to get drunk and, and beat their fellow servants. You know, um, in the church, they're gossiping and talking bad about this person. And, uh, you know, the Lord's, the Lord's going to come in an hour when they do not expect. And um, something's wrong with that. If um, my pastor said it well, and examine yourself if you're in the faith. Look at what your attitude is toward the Son of God. Do you love the Lord Yeshua? Do you love the Lord Jesus? Do you want to be get to know him more? Do you want to grow in the grace and knowledge of him? What's your attitude towards the scripture? Do you love the word of God? Are you treasuring it up in your heart? Do you love to find new things into it? Do you ask the Lord to reveal new things? Or it's like... Okay, I did my 10 minutes of Bible reading uh, this week. Let me check that off my list. Eh, reading the Bible is so boring. Um, <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself or end up in outer darkness. You know, what's your attitude towards salvation? Is it a joyful thing? David says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation, knowing that you've re been redeemed. 
from the outer darkness ought to be a cause for joy. What is your what is your attitude towards the saints? Um, you know, do you love the brethren? Do you think it's good and a pleasant thing for brethren to dwell together in unity, striving for unity, to be of one one mind and seeking to edify one another? Or it's, so I went to church, did the Sunday service, did my duty, can't wait to get out of here, go to lunch, go home, watch the game, or whatever. Um, do you love being among the body? And, of course, what's your attitude towards sin? Um, does it grieve you um, when you have an impure thought? Uh, an impure motive when you've actually done something? Uh, it's been conceived in your mind you actually carry it out does it just devastate you and break you that you sinned uh, before the Lord like the prodigal son I'm no longer worthy to be called your son because um, I messed up the this gift that you've given to me uh, tis on your earth I stand or move and tis your air I breathe uh, you know did these gifts that I did I sully them did I mess them up did I take them for granted so let's examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith and and let's not get caught off guard when the announcement the bridegroom comes go out to meet him uh, better make sure you have some oil in your lamps alright well with that I will bid you a good evening, and sorry I haven't been keeping up on the uh, chat rooms there. Doesn't look like I missed a whole lot. Well, good. All right. Well, the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, uh, give you peace. Uh, may you go forth uh, this week uh, having, having the strength uh, the divine strength and the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord be your strength. As you go out to uh, make disciples, uh, be soul winners, and um, be ready for the kingdom by adding to it uh, those who are calling. The, the, harvest is labor, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, though many... Many are striving to enter by the narrow gate. They're, they can't do it in their own power. And there are some who aren't, um, who don't even know where the gate is or who the gate is. And uh, you can tell them. All right. Go with God, people, because he loves you. Good night.